You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Hello, everybody, and I figured I'd try to squeak one more podcast in here this week on this Friday uh, I'm not sure how many of you are actually working, but if you're working, uh, it sucks to be it sucks to be you. I have a four day weekend, so I'm really happy to be spending that time with family. Uh, it's going to be pretty cool to. This will be like the very first year that my daughter is going to get into the whole Santa Claus and presents kind of thing. So she's already talking a lot about, you know, what he uh, what he's going to bring her and all this stuff. All of which is 100% wrong because, you know, she wants stuff like a, a pony or she wants uh, a magic carpet or she wants to hang out with Dora the Explorer or Shimmer and Shine, all of which are make-believe characters. So uh, it might be a, a rude awakening <laughs> come uh, Christmas morning, but I tried... I figured I'd, I'd fit one more podcast in here this week because next week uh, might be a little rough with a short week for me. Uh, I might get one one out, but uh, then that's the end of 2016, and then we get right into uh, I get right into the 2017, and uh, you know, sky's the limit as far as podcasts are concerned. There, but I went out and checked my trail cameras yesterday. And there are a lot of deer bedded on my buddy's property and on the surrounding property. Now, getting into where I need to be between the bedding and the food source, the standing corn that I found, might be a bit of a challenge because I did jump a lot of deer as I was walking to check my trail cameras. So um, there's nothing, there's one buck in there who may be mature it's one of those i didn't get the best trail camera pictures of him because just because he was that kind of an awkward angle but uh yeah it's one of those things where you know you're kind of just best guess scenario so i think I'll, I'll go in there and if i see him from the tree stand and uh hopefully i'll be able to get a better idea of his actual age and that will allow me to know if he's a shooter or not now today 
is a product review podcast, and we're going to be talking with a gentleman from Missouri named Bradley Haney, and uh, he is going to talk about a new purchase, a new tree stand that he used this year that he felt helped him become more mobile. Um, He's also going to talk a little bit about Kuyu and Sitka and uh, some of the decisions that went into um, making some new gear slash clothing purchases for uh, this this uh, season as well. So uh, he's going to talk about that. Hopefully you guys enjoy that. Hopefully it may or may not help you with a purchase decision for the upcoming season here in 2017. But uh, here goes nothing. But before we get into today's podcast, you know, it's the Christmas season and I want to cover real quick both both of our sponsors. First off, I want I want to say thank you for uh, you know, becoming partners with this show first and foremost. Um both these companies are small. Both these companies are owned by really great individuals. Um, I'm able to work with them directly, just like you would be able to work with them directly. Uh, I'm almost positive that if you called these companies up and had um, a problem with either Exodus Trail Cameras or Deer Lab, that you would speak to one of the owners and they would bend over backwards to help you get your problem fixed. So that's just very important for me when looking for a potential uh, a partner for the podcast and these guys definitely have that covered now really quick if you guys you know this this entire year almost I've been talking about Exodus um, so you guys need to go to their website exodusoutdoorgear.com check out read up all of the information about their trail cameras they have a lot of cool features and offers that uh, some of the other companies trail camera companies do not have and if you do decide to purchase one of their trail cameras please enter the code nine fingers and uh, what that does by doing that it will allow you to save twenty dollars off of your purchase and that's the number nine followed by the word fingers same thing kind of applies over at deer lab Deer Lab has set up uh, a URL, deerlab.com slash nine fingers, and that's also the number nine followed by the word fingers. And what you will do is you'll go in, you'll sign up, and you will receive a free 30-day trial. And uh, um, that's just an extension to you guys for uh, following this podcast. Go check those two companies out. If you do, I would really appreciate it. Thank you very much to you guys, the listeners. I hope everybody has a very Merry Christmas and uh, enjoy this product review podcast. All right. On the phone with me now is Bradley Haney. How are you doing today, Bradley? Doing good, Dan. So how'd your season go? Um, It was kind of a, I guess, good at times, bad at times kind of year. Um, It was a, ultimately no target bucks were killed but it was still got out and enjoyed myself and hunted more than i have in the past so okay i guess that's a win at the end of the day so not successful because you didn't uh, you didn't have the opportunity at a specific deer or just no deer coming by your stand in general or or you kind of pick yeah we shoot yeah we had four target bucks and um Got a, a good encounter with a big 10-pointer, um, and that was, I guess, like 
remember. Um, had a good encounter with him and then had a good encounter with an eight pointer um, that couldn't make it happen on either one of those. And then there was a kind of a borderline shooter, eight pointer that I had at 25 yards and ultimately decided to pass. And that was the right choice, but I'm sure you've been there where right. you uh, pass a deer and you're glad you did it, but you're also at the same time mad at yourself for passing it. Right. Right. <laughs> Had and one of those, but ultimately, I did get three does at the end of the year. So got the freezer full and the deer herd thinned out a little bit. Well, that's good. Ultimately at the end of the day, although, you know, I've been in those situations too, where you're, oh, I don't want to shoot him. I don't want to shoot him. I want to shoot him. I want to shoot him. But ultimately at the end of the day, you know, it's probably the right decision. Um, I, I always go by the motto if the deer doesn't make you get excited then it's probably not worth shooting or even if you have to question whether or not you should shoot him it's probably not worth shooting yeah that's exactly the same i mean i've uh i've been pretty i was really lucky i guess this year it'd be eight or nine years ago i actually killed a 210 or 214 inch deer whoa um on on our farm and uh so after that i was probably more selective than what i should have been um but i kind of reduced those standards a little bit but still i'm trying to harvest mature deer so you know i'll be honest i've chased a 200 inch deer before i've hit a 200 inch deer before but i've never i've never actually i I didn't kill him so i almost think that a deer Chasing and killing a deer like that, for me, I, I almost feel like it ruined some of the other hunting I did while I was chasing that buck and, you know, some of the years after where it was, it it almost like I probably should have shot some of the deer that I ended up passing, but this big buck was on my mind all the time and I was so focused on him that, you know, 210 inches makes everything else look tiny. So, yeah. and I was kind of focused on, you know, the, the, the rack for the longest time and probably passed a, a lot of deer that I, I should have shot. Did you have any type of, you know, that kind of thinking going on after you shot that big boy? Yeah. I mean, I definitely did. It was kind of funny because I mean, I've been a pretty serious deer hunter for, a, I'm going to say three or four. I mean, serious like trail cams and hunting you know more than just a weekend here and there and I actually killed that deer when I was in college and uh, you know like leading up to that I had hunted you know as much as possible and the day I killed that deer was the first day I had hunted my farm that year okay so and I had no idea it was on the farm so it's kind of one of those deals where it was you know, granted I was in the tree and I chose to be in the tree, but there was a whole lot of luck that went into oh, it. Yeah. And it's, uh, still pretty awesome looking at him on the wall though. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I could, if I had a 200 inch deer and I, I do this with the deer I have and the, uh, the, the mounts and the sheds, I just look at them and stare at them, but I can imagine that, uh, that, uh, buck gets uh, quite a few eyes on him throughout the day yeah it's uh it's it's uh i don't ever get tired of it and he's a really non-tip he was extremely non-typical like he had he had one drop time that 
came off like the base of his antler and wrapped back around and then oh, just wow. a ton of stickers and he's a really cool deer um so i'm always like noticing i like i've been looking at him for nine years and i'll always like notice like oh i've never noticed that sticker before because you know he's been on the wall for that long so i'm not right. seeing any day or anything well you have to get uh me some pictures definitely so once I... in a while you know. Yeah, you'll have to get me some pictures so I can get the show the listeners um, on the on the website. But uh, you know, today we're not going to talk about deer per se. We are going to talk about uh, this is a, a gear review podcast, and we're going to be talking about three different brands and products uh, that you had have some experience with. And and uh, when you contacted me, you said that you uh, had enough information that you'd like to review. And uh, but before we get into that, you know, why don't you tell us uh, where you're from and what do you do for a living? Yeah, I am from uh, Eureka, Missouri, okay, in southwest of St. Louis a little bit, about 30 miles. Okay. And what do you do for a living? I uh, sell uh, seed to farmers, so corn, soybeans, wheat, and alfalfa. I work for a company called Syngenta. Okay, I got gotcha. you. One of my buddy's dad's uh, seed corn salesman. Okay, so, Golden Harvest? Uh, Agrigold. Okay, that's one of our competitors. Gotcha. Yep. So uh, I always get like free swag from him, like stocking caps and T-shirts and, you know, Carhartt jackets and stuff like that. They, you know, they hand out to all the farmers, but we always take our, we always get a cut out of that. Well, that sounds good. <laughs> as a seed, hey, as a seed corn salesman, do you get uh, the opportunity to hunt? I mean, has that opened up doors for you uh, to go and hunt, pro- you know, specific properties? It, it could. I mean, honestly, we, my family farms as well. So I've got access to about 1,400 acres. Okay. Right. I mean, just within, three minutes of my house. So if I wanted to, I probably could, but I just haven't pushed it a whole lot just because it's so convenient to hunt on our farm. And there's usually a lot of target bucks that I can hunt and go after. So gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Review time. So the first product that um, you initially contacted me was with the extreme outdoor products, the XOP, climber now uh-huh. uh the first question i want to ask you is have you always used a climber or is this your first climber it, well it's not my first climber i had a summit in the past that actually somebody uh stole off of the tree midday for me um so that got taken um but this is the first climber i've used and probably i guess that was stolen maybe six years ago Okay. Um, so this is the first climber I've used since then. Okay. So, uh, why a climber? So I mentioned, you know, we have a fairly large farm to hunt, but, uh, it's a lot of ag. I'd say it's 85 to 90% ag fields. Um, and I decided I needed to get in the woods a little deeper than what I was. We were hunting a lot of field edges and I wanted something that was mobile. And, uh, so I looked at the climber and then also kind of looked at the lone wolf plus sticks combo and ultimately just kind of thought that a climber would be a little bit easier as far as getting into the woods, getting out of the woods, getting up the tree and all that. So, okay. So, uh, how tall are you? How much do you weigh? I'm a six one and I weigh about two forty five. Okay. So you're probably the exact same build as me. Um, what, uh, is it? You know, from from a climbing standpoint, I've never, 
I've used a climber maybe one time uh, and have never used a climber. I'm a hang on type of guy. But um, when you started the process to look for another, you know, your last one got stolen, but, it, you know, it's time to look for a new climbing tree stand. What are some of the, the categories, I guess, that, that you were looking into that helped you make the decision um, on XOP? I liked the summit with like when I had my summit, it went up and down the tree very easy, but as far as getting it to the tree, it was not the best. It was very hard to pack. It didn't go together. Well, it was big and bulky and kind of awkward. Um, it wasn't very heavy, but it was just bigger and bulkier and did not pack well. So getting to the tree and then getting out of the woods, I didn't think that would be the best option. Um, Somebody had recommended to me the Lone Wolf sit and climb uh, wide version, and I looked at that, and it was ultimately it was I mean I think it was like four hundred and fifty dollars, which is a little more than what I was wanting to spend. And I actually I, I don't know if I read it on a like a chat room or maybe heard it on the Wired to Hunt podcast or something where XOP was making a Lone Wolf type stand. Yeah. And so that's what led me to look at XOP. Yeah. The original creator of the lone wolf tree stand is now, I don't know if he's the owner, but he has stock or whatever. It's, it's pretty much the same exact tree stand. So, yeah, I, I actually, I went to Cabela's and looked at the lone wolf and then I ordered the XOP. And from what I can tell, it's like exactly the same. Right. So what, I mean, there's probably some, uh, some details that are a little different, but, um, what was the price difference between the two? It was close to $200. Okay. Uh, I think, I think the lone wolf was around 440 and I paid, I think 250 plus like 10 bucks shipping for my XOP. Okay. Uh, so then is there, uh, I mean, is there any, is the, the, uh, oh man, I can't even, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here, but where you stand the base, the, of the, you know, the platform, there you go. Is that, are those, are they the same size? Yeah. Like dimension wise and everything, it was exactly the same. The lone wolf has got like a, like a wolf head etched in it or um, and the XOP does not, but other than that, you know, the same width height, you know, same width length, I guess was how you'd say that. And then, um, weight was the same as well. So, okay. So pretty much the only difference really was $200. Yeah. And you know, the lone wolves are made in America, I believe. Right. And the X- I would assume the lone wolf is probably a little bit higher quality, um, yeah. But honestly, I don't notice anything wrong with the XOP. Okay. Now, other than the lone wolf, did you look at any other climbing tree stands, you know, before you decided on the purchase of this? I did. Um, I looked at, like I said, I looked at Summit again. Um, just because, you know, a lot of people that I know that use climbers have summits. Um, I looked at an old man. I've got an old man hang on. Uh, not like a extreme, not like a packable portable hang on, but just your hang on that you hang in the tree all year. Right. Got one of those from old man and I like it. Um, but ultimately I just thought that the XOP just, you know, it, it's the way that how light it was and just how easily it packs into the woods was probably the best option. Okay. So 
when you first got it uh, in the box, uh, was it easy to assemble? Was there, you know, was it pretty, you know, I guess easy to put together? Was there a lot of work that needed to be done to it or did it come 100% assembled already? Um, I had to put, I think I put the seat on, but that is probably about it. It came assembled with the exception of, I think I had to stick the seat on it. Okay. So your first time, uh, driving it, you know, you take it out in the timber. Did it perform well? Did it take, uh, you know, was it, was it easier to put up than your currently your summit or was it, uh, you know, a little bit harder? I mean, was there any, any difference as far as climbing up the tree with it? Yeah, it was, it, it, it performed really well. I mean, the, um, as far as like carrying it in, it was very light. It was very, pa- I mean, honestly, it feels about like you're wearing kind of a heavy backpack. It's very balanced on your back. Um, and then climbing up the tree, you know, it was very easy to climb up on the tree. They use a, a rubber strap as opposed to a cable. Right. And I thought that gripped a lot better than the cables I had used in the past with summit. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, like I've never really used a climbing tree stand before. So, I mean, once you got up there and you got it secure into the tree, you know, at, you're at your, your height that you wanted to, uh, that you wanted to climb to, did it feel stable and secure while you were sitting there? Any flex to it at all? N- no, not at all. It's actually got, so the summit that I had in the past, and I think a lot of the climbers today, the way, you know, they attach the bottom to the top. So as you're climbing, if the bottom falls, you're not like completely just hanging in the tree. Um, so some of the other companies had you basically it's just one strap. The way that XOP did, does it is there's a strap on each side. And when you get to the top, you get the seat to where you want it. And then you cinch each of those, I think they call them stabilizer straps down. And it's, I mean, it's as solid as any hang on or ladder stand that I've ever used. It's, you know, I've been at 28 feet before and I'm not worried at all. Okay. So, you know, as you were, I take it, you use this the entire season. Um, I used it throughout the season. I mean, I, I have you know, a lot of hang ons on our farm already, uh, that are more permanent stands, you know, hang ons with like the farm King type sticks, the right. 20 foot sections. Um, so I've got a lot of those in spots that I, new or good but as far as mobile hunting moving into new spots i use that for every every setup okay and so you're running gun sets um correct any any uh critiques for this product anything that maybe you didn't like about it that or if you were the designer of it you would have done it differently the backpack straps are junk they are they like i used them once and then i threw them away and ordered some different backpack straps off of uh, Amazon prime and put them on there and they worked great. But the ones that come with it are absolute junk. So what, what makes them junk? They're just, they're very thin. It's just like a nylon webbing type strap. Um, so they're uncomfortable. They, you know, the stand isn't heavy, but when it, that weight is only displaced over a half an inch on each shoulder, it just kind of digs in and was not ideal. Okay. Now I always ask I always ask this question because I'm kind of a geek of setups, but when you are doing a run and gun, 
and you're going in there to, you know, um, set up, do you have your backpack on first and your stand attached or do you have your, uh, backpack over top of your stand? So I have my stand and then I strap my backpack. My backpack is a smaller backpack. It's not really, I don't think it would support that kind of weight. So I strapped it basically to the, you know, I had the stand against my back and then I had the backpack strapped to it just with some bungee cords and it worked. It, packed there very well and then all your other extra clothing let's say if it's cold out is somehow strapped to the stand then too uh, my back well my backpack's big enough to where i can put everything i need for hunting in it gotcha and then um just with the extra weight of the stand i didn't um you know it wouldn't hold if you tried to do it with the backpack it wouldn't work okay now what is other than the other than the straps itself, uh, anything else about the, uh, the product, the climber that you didn't like, or that you might design it a little different? Not really. No. I mean, I was very, very pleased with it. Um, it's, you know, the, the, when I first hunted out of it, I thought the base was maybe a little bit small, but it's just smaller than what I'd really been used to with like a bigger, a bigger hang on stand. Yep. I don't say by the second or third time I hunted out of it, it was, it was really, you know, I was very comfortable. Okay. Um, the one thing I would recommend is, and this is probably with every climber, but some of the trees I would climb are bigger at the bottom than they are at the top. So you have got to start that, I guess the base of your stand at such an angle. It was hard to climb, actually get up onto it. So I just started bringing a tree step with me and I would screw that in like a foot off the ground, step up on that and step up on the base of the stand. Okay. So how long does it take typically take you to get to like, how, I guess, how high do you typically hunt? Um, with that, with that climber, I I don't think I was ever under 25 foot. Okay. So you get pretty high. Yeah. And a lot of that is, you know, with the climber, the trees that you climb can't have any limbs. So I just wanted to be that high. Cause I didn't have a ton of cover on that tree. I mean, the trees that I chose would have trees around it to provide cover, but, um, I just wanted to be higher and just felt that'd be a little bit better as far as disguising myself. So how long does, does it typically take you to get to that 25 feet level? I, I want to say 10 minutes, maybe. I mean, the, the, the thing that takes the longest is just readjust, readjusting your, uh, the tree strap for your harness. I mean, if you didn't have to do that, which obviously I do, but if you didn't have to do that, you. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, now I guess what are, you know, you overall, you like it. Um, would you recommend this product to, uh, to other hunters who are maybe looking for a climbing tree stand? I would, if you're going to use a climber, I would recommend it. Yes. Um, I would say, you know, actually using a climber for a running gun definitely has some drawbacks. Um, but compared to the other climbers, it, it, it performed extremely well. And I actually hunted with a buddy who took his summit in and I had to carry his backpack for him because he couldn't pack it all with the summit. <laughs> so, um, for, yeah, so for a climber, I would recommend it. Um, you know, I am going to start you know, the results that I saw from hunting, you know, from running and gunning, I, I saw more shooter deer than I have in the past. 
All right. So moving on to the next, uh, you know, the next set of uh, products. I'm going to kind of do this together because they're both clothing. So you wanted to review Kuyu and Sitka gear, and I'm going to kind of group them together because I'm sure there's a timeline of how, how you purchased what you purchased. And then maybe you decided based off of the one purchase, you decided to go into a different direction. Um, but first off, before you made that jump to Kuyu or Sitka initially, what kind of camo or gear were you wearing out in the timber? I was wearing Scentlock and I've probably worn it for close to 10 years. Okay. And uh, that's probably not a layering system, correct? No, it's not. Okay. Um, It's, you know, basically just like your KO with your carbon, you know, inserts or however they do that. Um, And uh, that's kind of why I started looking for something else is even when I was wearing like the, the, the bigger jacket, I was still cold or I was still hot or I was just not as comfortable as maybe what I would have liked to be. Okay. So I take it because of, I mean, for, before, before we get into that, uh, scent, scent locker, scent blocker, what was it? It was mostly, mostly scent lock. I had a a scent blocker shirt, uh, but everything else was scent lock. Okay. Do you feel that scent lock did its job as far as scent locking your scent or, or that carbon that was eating up your odor? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say that it didn't, but once I moved to, um, a non-car, you know, to wearing non-carbon gear, I didn't really notice that my scent was getting picked up any more or less. Okay. Um, so, okay. So then, um, after, you know, after you decided, okay, I, I need to make a switch to something that's going to, uh, keep me a little bit more comfortable in the tree stand, um, other than Kuyu and Sitka, did you look at any other brands of maybe layering systems before you decided to make your initial purchase? So I originally looked at Under Armour and I, I wasn't really considering Sitka to begin with because of the cost. I mean, it's very expensive. Um, and so I didn't even really look at it that much, but I guess I'd went to Cabela's and was kind of looking through all the Under Armour stuff to figure out exactly what I wanted. And I just thought to myself, you know, I'm just going to try this Sitka stuff on. And I tried it on and I was like, wow, this is awesome. And this is better than anything I've ever worn. And I should probably figure out a way to buy it, (laughs) even though it's maybe a little (laughs) bit more than what I want to spend. Right. So you went in looking at uh, Under Armour, but kind of changed your mind when you decided to try on some of that Sitka gear. Now, did you then that day make any type of Sitka purchase? No. Well, I bought the, uh, I bought the ball cap just to, cause I was like, well, you know, this is about, you know, 30 to 40% more than I was planning on spending. So, and I hadn't really looked at it a whole lot. So I just wanted to do some research online and figure out exactly the pieces. And, you know, I, I would say, you know, trying that stuff on kind of sold me on the maybe upper echelon of hunting gear, not so much on sick, uh, 
just by itself. But I started looking at Sitka and Kuyu, and I looked at First Light a little bit and a couple other companies as well. Okay. So you bought the ball cap, you know, and then you you went home, you did some research. Then when it came, you know, it's now decision time, you, you're done with your research. What did you initially decide to go with then? You know, what really, you know, I ended up purchasing Sitka first. And, um, what really sold me on Sitka and I, you know, like with Kuyu's direct to consumer, which is a great model, but, you know, I was going to spend seven, eight, $900 and I wasn't going to get to try it on. And if it didn't work out, I was going to have to pay to ship it back. And so, I mean, ultimately that's probably what one thing that sold me on Sitka. The other thing that sold me on Sitka as opposed to like first slide or Kuyu was, you know, Sitka has a dedicated whitetail line. Okay. And that to me, you know, kind of spoke that, you know, they're putting research into not just how's this going to work when I'm climbing a mountain or doing, you know, whatever else a non whitetail hunter would do, but how's this going to perform for me in the whitetail woods? Right. And that's ultimately what sold me on Sitka. Okay. So they're, they're dedicated line. So what were the first garments that you purchased from Sitka? I purchased the, uh, traverse top. So this was in September or so. Okay. And I originally thought, well, you know, maybe I don't want to spend all this money in one year. So I'll just get kind of an early season set that'll get me through mid October. So I got the Equinox pant, the, uh, core lightweight bottom, and the Traverse top, which is actually a Western piece, but I, I just really liked it a lot. So. Right. Okay. Um, um, and what did you spend on those pieces? I spent around, say, over a little over $300. I think I got the Traverse top and the core bottom on Amazon Prime, and I saved a little bit of money there um, because I think they were, I don't know if they changed the Traverse top, and I bought the old version or what, but I saved a little money there. So I spent a little over 300, $300 for three different garments, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so then on that initial purchase, I mean, between the, uh, that initial purchase and the season, did you make any more purchases before you started using, using it? Uh, so I'm, I use those three pieces. I want to say like a couple of days after I made my original purchase. And uh, by the time I had walked to the stand and gotten to the stand, I'd pretty much talked myself into buying the rest of my gear from Sitka because it was, it just performed so much better than anything I'd worn in the past. Okay. So then you, you hunted for a little while in that you were very happy with the results of Sitka uh, and then made the decision to, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going all in what was your next round of purchase purchases then? Uh, so I bought the, um, fanatic light jacket Okay. and I bought the, uh, Celsius jacket and I bought the, um, the, uh, Stratus bib. Actually, I I was looking at the Stratus pants and the, uh, fanatic light bib. And I will, I kind of liked them both for different reasons. I, I kind of wish that Stratus, like they had made a Windstopper bib and I got to looking online and I guess they used to make a Stratus bib and I actually found one 
purchase online. So I ended up buying that one online. Um, But those were the next three purchases I made. um, Like, uh, you know, a couple weeks after I hunted in Sitka and really liked it. Right. So what did you spend that next round roughly? I got the uh, Stratus bibs for, I think, $160. The Fanatic Lite was, I want to say, 289 And then the Celsius jacket was 179 But I actually ended up returning it uh, for, for a um, Fanatic vest. Okay. All right. So you're looking at roughly, I'm not even going to try to do the math, but like 500 um 500 600 bucks additional right there yeah yeah that that uh, that sounds about right okay so all together on your sit your initial sitka gear you purchased roughly 900 dollars worth of uh worth of gear is that um you mentioned something about earlier in the in the podcast that lone wolf was just a little bit too expensive you know when when I think of tree stands, I think of, you know, Lone Wolf on the top, right? They're like the made in America. They're very high quality tree stands. And then you got some other stuff that's, you know, other brands that are below them. And then you got your Sitka, which is kind of at the top, but, you know, it's it's way more expensive. Why did you decide to put a lot of money into your garments this this year? I think just the, you know, just it it was so comfortable one um and then also it was just you know like the scent lock stuff i'd worn in the past it always seemed like i was wearing like you know three or four shirts or zip ups and then like a heavy jacket and you know i couldn't pull my bow back so it was just extremely i mean i can wear all my sitka be you know fairly bundled up and still climb to stand easily still pull my bow back easily um so if that was the reason why i kind of went all out there okay so uh you hunted the rest of the season with this and i mean how did it how did it perform it performed very well i mean you know we had a pretty warm i guess october um so, you know, I was really impressed with, you know, I could walk to the stand and be sweating and then be up in the stand. And 15 minutes later, I was dry. Right. Um, you know, and then towards the end of, I guess, our rifle season in Missouri, which would have been in, you know, November 20th or so, it got down to like 25 degrees. And I was comfortable, you know, with, with all my city gear at 25 too. So, okay. um, so yeah, performed very well as far as keeping me warm or keeping me cool. Gotcha. So now, where does Kuyu play into this? So when I had my scent lock, you know, I, I, I guess collected gear over like 10 years and I bought some new stuff. So I had two sets of early season uh, gear, I guess. And um, so like, you know, if I went out one day and sweated a bunch in it and it got kind of stinky and didn't necessarily want to wear it out the next day, I could just throw on my other pair of light, my light gear or, um, turkey hunting in the spring. You know, if I got my pants muddy, if I was stalking a gobbler or something, I could throw on my other stuff the next day. So, um, Kuyu actually had a big, like pre black Friday sale. And I was like, well, I might look at another set of early season gear just to have, 
right. you know, in my closet if, you know, for that added convenience, I guess. Okay. So was that recently or this was several years ago? No, that was, so I bought all the Sitka this year and then I bought the Kuyu, I want to say like after, oh, it was right around like, it was like the weekend before Thanksgiving. This year uh, is when they had that sale. Yeah, this okay. year. So you bought early season stuff from Kuyu. Yeah, just for okay. like turkey season and for yeah, I, I actually never hunted in the Kuyu stuff, or I haven't hunted in it. Um, but uh, I just bought it, for, you know, kind of preemptive for next year, just because they were having that sale, and I get kind of a nerd about hunting gear and like to try a lot of different stuff. So. Gotcha. So you. Uh, um your initial reaction then with Kuyu, uh, in your email to me, you, you mentioned you, you weren't that impressed with it. You haven't used it yet, but there's kind of a, a first appearance with it. What's, what's the deal there? So I, you know, I, so I bought the attack pant, um, which is kind of comparative, I guess, to Sitka's Equinox pant. And, uh, just trying it on at home, I was, I just kind of said to myself, you know, I would never wear this over my Equinox pant. Um, you know, the, the, the Sitka gear fits like very athletically, which I like the Kuyu stuff fits like extremely athletic. I mean, it, it like felt like I was wearing like a pair of skinny jeans or something. It was very just like tight and it didn't seem to stretch you know like when you'd lift your leg up to climb a stand you know to put your climb in the stand it just it didn't stretch as well um the pockets were they felt kind of not as high a quality as the sitka um so yeah i just you know i i I thought the sitka was a lot higher quality you know and it's a little more expensive uh, but i thought the sitka was was much higher quality now, did you, um, so obviously you haven't used it yet. So I'm kind of, uh, uh, you know, I'd like to see how, how, you know, if you have the same view of that gear, once you actually get uh, the opportunity to, to, to try it out. But, uh, you know, for Sitka is expensive straight up, you know, there's no way around it, but I wear it, you know, it's pretty cool. It, it, it does exactly what it's supposed to do. Did you have to budget for this purchase at all? Um, or was this just kind of, Hey, I got the money. I'm going to, I'm going to go do it. Um, no, I mean, it's, I didn't really have to budget for it, but there was maybe some items like some other hunting items I maybe would have purchased, but I didn't because of the price of Sitka. Yeah. Um, so I try to budget out my hunting costs kind of annually and, and, you know, between the tree stand and then getting set up with the Sitka line that I wanted, it pretty much wiped me out. But right. So, so do you have uh, a, a certain dollar amount that you dedicate to um, the hunting season each year as far as gears concerned, or is it something that if you need it, you kind of just go get it for the most part, if I need it, I just go get it within reason, right. I guess. Okay. Okay. So I guess the next question, I think I know how you're going to answer this, um, is would you recommend Sitka out there to, uh, to the listeners? 
Yeah, I mean, I would say if you're a whitetail hunter and you primarily whitetail hunt, you you can't go wrong. It's just it's it's amazing. Like the fanatic white jacket that I have is just it's just so perfect for you know what we do as hunters in a tree stand. And you know, if I were to go out west or on some kind of you know hunt where I'm spot stalking, you know, maybe that jacket wouldn't work the best, but from what I do as a whitetail hunter, it was it was perfect. Okay, so, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. All right, so you kind of talked about the fanatic jacket there a second, but of the products that you know, some guys can't afford nine hundred dollars in clothing um, a year. If there were maybe a couple items that you would recommend purchasing to start off with, what would you? What couple items of Sitka would you recommend? You know, the Equinox pants are, are, are pro- it's probably my favorite piece. Um, they're just, you know, they, they're very, they fit very athletically, but they stretch. I mean, it's like basically a pair of sweatpants that is camouflage and is not baggy. I mean, you can, you're sitting in the stand and they're very comfortable, but you can also climb up and down the stand very easy, walk into your tree stand. And they're just so comfortable and they're so, the gear is just so much lighter than anything I'd ever worn in the past. Okay. So what's next uh, for you as far as uh, gears concerned? Do you have your eye on anything uh, from, from Sitco or maybe even from another uh, company that you're looking to uh, upload next year? Um, I, you know, I would say I'm definitely looking at, you know, the running guns hunting worked very well for me. This is the first year I, I did a lot of it. And, um, you know, back to the climber, it it was, it was great whenever the tree was, you know, whenever the tree I wanted to be in was straight up and down and and didn't have any limbs, it was great. Um, but if I'm going to commit to running gunning, like I, I think I am, I'm, I'm going to be looking for a, a mobile setup, like a stand and sticks combo. Um, that I can use whenever my climber just won't work in the tree that I want it to. Okay, cool. Um, at what, what about Sitka gear? I mean, are you going to pick up any more, uh, gear from them between now and then? Um, I, I don't, have you seen, I, like I follow some of the Sitka athletes on Instagram and Facebook and I guess they're, and I don't know if they've announced it yet, but I think they're coming out with a new pattern. Um, and, uh, from what I saw on Instagram, it looks really, really cool. So I don't know that I necessarily need to buy it, but I probably will just because <laughs> I'm kind of a geek about, <laughs> about hunting stuff. And so I might, you know, I, I, I actually think it's a, it's a, uh, on their big game line. Uh, but from what I've seen on the pattern on, on social media, it looks like it would work pretty well for whitetail and for Turkey. You know, those are the two main species that I hunt. So I may look into that and kind of see what the, what the wallet looks like whenever they launch that. So I got, pattern a, and... I got a quick question for you. Um, now we're consumers just like everybody's a consumer and looking cool or it's a cool des- design. It may not add to any functionality, but how, cause, cause you mentioned here there, Oh, this new pattern looks cool. So I might have to pick up a couple pieces um, what, 
I guess I'm trying to figure out how to ask this question, but is the coolness level ever, how much does that like play into you picking up a product? Um, a little bit. I mean, it's kind of like a, a little bit, I mean, more like, for example, like I listened to your podcast. I listened to the wired to hunt podcast a lot. And you guys were talking about nose jammer. And so I went and tried nose jammer just because you guys had talked about it and I thought it worked really well. Um, and I, I think I probably bought Sitka cause Mark Kenyon had like simul like beat it into my head for <laughs> 18 months of listening to his podcast. Um, so I mean, I, you know, I, I watch a lot of hunting TV shows and I use a lot of products that I, I'm not interested in, but, um, you know, like Sitco, one of the, you know, one of the things that I've really, I guess, paid a little bit more attention to since I started using that is just like the Optifade camo or like first light has a really cool pattern. I think it's called first light fusion or something. They have a really cool pattern. And I think that, you know, I think that patterning of camo seems to me to work better than like your real trees or your mossy oaks that like yeah. you know i hunt with a friend and sometimes we hunt where we can see each other and i'll look through binoculars at him and he just kind of looks like a big brown blob and right. i think i'm blended in better than that so um i like stuff that's kind of new and different and maybe maybe people are thinking a little bit outside the box as opposed to you're just traditional hunting products and it doesn't really matter who you get it from. It's going to be the same. Right. I gotcha. Well, Bradley, Hey man, first off, thanks for taking time out of your day to uh, do this. Uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and reviewing these products with us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. Thanks for what you do. Like, you know, it's, it's good to hear from, you know, your podcast. I've purchased a lot of products uh, that I've heard, you know, people either do a review on or, or like the marketing lead from the company come on and talk about. It. So it's great to hear people talk about it as opposed to just like reading on a, on a chat board or yeah. watching like a hunting TV show guy wear it or something. So I appreciate what you do as well. Huge shout out to Bradley for coming on the show and uh, taking time to review those products for us. Huge shout out to all of you, the listeners, again, and as always, thank you for taking time to listen to this podcast, download it, and do what you do. I really appreciate that. Thanks to Exodus Outdoor Gear and their trail cameras, and thanks to DeerLab.com. Really appreciate the support, guys. And uh, hey, it's Christmas time. Take some time to really appreciate your family. Take some time to spend like really good quality time with them. Put hunting on the back burner. And uh, unless you're hunting with your family, then that's an awesome activity to do. But if not, take some time. Spend some time with your family, some real quality time. Let them know how much you love them. Uh, that's what my goal is this week, uh, you know, getting to hang out with people that I typically don't get to see uh, and communicate with. So play. we're going to play a lot of cards. We're going to eat a lot of food, and we're, we're going to have just a, a good time hanging out with each other. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I hope each and every one of you has a Merry Christmas or Happy Holiday or whatever it is that you celebrate. I hope all your wildest dreams come true. 
and uh, we'll definitely see you guys next week. Have a great Christmas. And if you do go out hunting, wear your damn safety harness.